This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. What's up, everybody? I was the guy who filmed Amber Heard with the bruise on her face at the Stanley Moss Courthouse in 2016. I'm Jesse Rowe, and I'm on the Hollywood Raw podcast to talk all about it. Hey, everybody, it's Tony Robbins. Hey, guys, I'm Audrina Patrick. Hey, this is Adam Carolla. You're on the Hollywood Raw podcast. You're watching Hollywood Raw. You're listening to and watching Hollywood Raw. This is the Hollywood Raw podcast, hosted by entertainment veteran Dax Holt and street journalist Adam Glynn. The podcast humanizing Hollywood. From celebrities to media moguls, even paparazzi and bodyguards have come to break news, break their silence or just have a great conversation on hollywood raw if they're on hollywood raw there's a reason from page six to tmz daily mail and people magazine everyone is talking about the hollywood raw podcast with dax holt and adam glenn welcome to the hollywood raw podcast my name's adam glenn joined by my friend dax holt how are you sir I'm doing good, buddy. I'm doing good. I'm excited about our guest today. Jesse Rowe is back. um, I I did not expect him to be back so soon until we found out he was the guy outside the courthouse that actually shot Amber Heard coming out the day when she had the big old bruise on her face. And uh, if we were watching the court case uh, the other day with Johnny and Amber, uh, Morgan Tremaine, who is also someone that we both worked at uh, with at TMZ, He talked about dispatching a field reporter out to the courthouse that day. Well, this is him. Jesse Rowe was the guy that got dispatched to the courthouse that day to get the shot. And so he is coming on the podcast today to talk all about it and just kind of, you know, how that day unfolded and, you know, his opinions uh, of Amber and, you know, I mean, not every day do you get to talk to someone that was there, you know, in such a big moment in history. Yeah, it's I'm excited to talk to Jesse. Uh, if you've never, is there, if this is your first time checking out the Hollywood Raw podcast, we are the number one pro bisexual podcast in the <laughs> entertainment news podcast space out there. Yes, if you listen to another podcast, you are anti bisexual. Us, we don't really care. We do whatever you want. We're just, but the other podcasts out there are very anti bisexual. Just giving you a heads Where do up. You- where do you come up with this shit? I, I don't come up with it. It's just, it's in the charts. If you look up the charts, Dax, you will find that we are the number one pro bisexual entertainment podcast out there. All hey, the other ones are. Last an- week, what were we last week? Anti child trafficking podcast. Yeah, listen, these, again, these are the charts, Dax. I don't make them. They just, oh, these God, are what the, so ridiculous. this is what the, uh, the press does. Um, but what we also do on this podcast is we humanize Hollywood. We reveal the fourth wall of Hollywood. What does that mean? We talk to celebrities, yes, but we also talk to the people that made these celebrities famous. We also talk to paparazzi, bodyguards, uh, to uh, some of the big celebrity journalists out there. It's just a really, really – if you love Hollywood and everything in Hollywood, we are going to make it so real to you and show you like what goes on and what makes this one of the cool – this is what makes show business. This is the backbone of show business because there's a lot of bullshit in this industry, and we kind of go through the bullshit. There's a lot of smoke and mirrors in yes. this industry, and it's like let's let's take that away and show you how the paparazzi get called to make the celebrities famous so that that celebs are now put into a magazine or on the websites so that they can continue being relevant when they're not making a movie so that they're more desirable to a production company because, oh, look, everyone cares about them. They're all over the websites. And it's it's all a bunch of trickery and magic, and we love it, and we like revealing how the magic works, how 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 it all goes down. And, you know, I I think some of our most interesting episodes are these news producers or paparazzi or uh, people in the industry that are truly there to enhance the the celebrity and today we're getting a a a producer that used to work at tmz on here field producer jesse rowe and i think you guys are gonna be fascinated with this yeah you're you're gonna find out why people consider this the jubilee of all podcasts before we get to jesse rowe uh jackson nobody anywhere (laughs) yeah uh before we get to jesse we do a thing where if you leave a review say a few kind words five star only we'll actually read your review live on air how do you do that Go to iTunes, okay? You go to podcasts, search Hollywood Raw Podcasts, and go all the way to the bottom. 
go all the way to the bottom. That's right, go all the way to the bottom. And then you can actually leave a review, five stars, say that. Put your name, actually, your actually real name in there so we know it's you. And we'll give you a good shout-out. And, uh, Dax, you have some reviews ready? I do. All right, this one came for King for Love. It says, awesome podcast, five stars. Love the celeb guests on the show because they are rare, interesting, and one. This podcast makes the entertainment industry likable, which can be hard to do. Even that can be hard to do at times. Bravo. Thank you, King. Again, like Adam said, please put your name, like sign it, your name, so I can actually read your name. Yeah, we don't even care if you... Than just King for Love, because... We don't even care if you have spelling grammar. Just do it, you know? <laughs> what is... I don't know... There were some spelling errors in that, but it's okay. All right, and then let's do this one. Recently found you guys, uh, five stars, great podcast. Thanks for entertaining us with straight-up solid content and getting to the point without mindless, wordy chit-chat. Oh, and this is from C. Skinny. So thank you, C. Skinny. Um, no, I actually, we really appreciate that because uh, sometimes people say, you know, that, I don't know, like, they like the the chit chat and that's never been our thing like the kind of like just mindless chit chat we like to have an interview we like to have content to bring for you guys so i honestly truly appreciate you saying that yes with that said uh let's get on with the show dax tell us about our guest today our guest today is a second time offender to the hollywood raw podcast (laughs) (laughs) jesse rowe is back jesse uh spent over a decade at tmz as a field uh, producer he was the one uh, manning the courthouse a lot of five years at the courthouse covering some of the biggest court cases in history uh but the court case that everyone has been talking about is obviously amber and johnny and its resolution well come to find out jesse rowe was uh, the man in front of the courthouse the day amber walked out with the bruise and we want to get into it jesse welcome back to the hollywood raw podcast so we got our friend jesse rowe back on the podcast jesse how are you bud great man how you guys doing we're doing well thank you dax is doing fine i answered for him but listen uh, <laughs> uh jesse is a, a great great legendary uh Former Ooh, Jesse, TMZ. you got legendary added to your title. That's, I say, I say Jesse's legendary because he's a former field producer for TMZ, you know? And when I mean legendary, I say it because Jesse's thing, his specialty, the thing that he was a black belt in was doing all the court cases. So he was dealing with the monster fans outside. He was in the courthouse trying to figure out where door these people go in and out of, like, I hated that job, but Jesse was really good at covering that job. He was just very intelligent. He knew all like the legal words. He dealt with all the lawyers. You liked working the courthouses, right, Jesse? I did, uh, mainly because, by the way, appreciate legendary. It's very hyperbolic of you, but I, I still appreciate it. Um, I liked covering it. I think the way I would always put it is when you work for in this industry, you you cover a lot of things that don't interest you. But when you get the the court cases, the press conferences, the live streams, things like that, you're, you're kind of at the center of like the biggest story of the day. And I really enjoyed doing that because it was um, you get to like go home feeling like you you covered something that you were genuinely interested in and not, you know, talking to, uh, you know, the guy that played MacGyver about what his favorite uh, invention. He came up with MacGyver. Like that stuff was fun. All that stuff for TMZ was fun, but it wasn't the same thing as like the big high profile news stories, which is what you got at court. And why I enjoyed it. I mean, and you were a part of a lot of the big court cases, but, you know. Listen, we've had you on, but what really kind of brought us all back together was this Johnny Depp court case and, you yeah. know, us texting on the back end saying, hey, guys, did you watch Morgan? Because Morgan Tremaine, who all three of us know very, very well, worked at TMZ with us. And we all saw him on the stand talking. Number one, I was I was shocked. <laughs> Were you I guys was, shocked I, to see him there? I was it, it was it was crazy. I couldn't. I mean, I was literally looking at. Uh, the YouTube, uh, I was watching like the law and justice and law YouTube channel. I forget what it's called, but the, the chat room was mm-hmm. just like loving him. And I'm like, that guy was, 
I worked for that guy for like two years. That's it was just strange. It was it was it was surreal to see it happen like that. It w- it was weird. I worked I worked alongside of him when we worked into in the like digital department he was shooting a lot of our videos that i was filming and then moved over and was kind of uh helping control all the tmz field producers and kind of navigating where they would be going um so we all know him really well obviously um and watched him on the court case uh what i didn't realize jesse uh when we had you on was you were the guy at the court that just are that that morgan was talking about covering the amber heard case yeah, uh, I did not I were, realize you were the guy. So I actually mentioned it when I was on the last time with you guys. I mentioned it that I was there, but I think it was like a throwaway line that I'd mentioned uh-huh. it. But yeah, I mean, that was probably one of the biggest shots like ever in terms of just stories that I covered for TMZ, just because, you know, there are like there are breakthrough stories when you work at when you work in a company like that. And, you know, there's obviously like Chris Brown, Rihanna, Michael Jackson, Britney, all that stuff. But Amber Heard and Johnny Depp was one of those stories that was like a it was a shock to the system that you couldn't believe it. And, yeah, I mean, it was all the media that was there. We were like all just parked up on the right side of the the left side of the doors. So Um, I want to get hold on. I want to show like. Let's go through the evolution of your career and some of the the other things that you've seen at the courthouse, because I feel like this Amber conversation, we really need to dive in and okay. I, I want to give it plenty of time. But I want to talk about some of these other court cases that you have done, that you have covered in the past that were memorable, that maybe we didn't talk about on the last episode we had you on. Because I remember you bringing up something with Aaron Carter in the past. So like, lead us through so that we can really give the Amber story like its full potential here. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So when you cover court cases, you're essentially, at least my job was, I, I don't want to give like too much away here, but you, you're filming inside when you have a media request and you get approved by the judge or the bailiff or whatever that you can film the court case. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's your primary motive. If you, if they're, if you're not allowed, if you're denied, you basically have to just wait to talk to the celebrity outside and try to get a statement from them or their lawyer, their representation, whoever's there with them. So um, with Aaron Carter, I was we were I, I was denied a request to film in the court because it was a civil matter. It was with him and his family. If I remember correctly, I, I, it was it was a dissolution or like a divorce of Aaron from the family, something like that, where he was, I don't remember the exact details, but it was, he was going through a hard time at the time. And obviously he, he's had his issues. This was one of his lower points where his family was literally like pushing him away. Mm -hmm. And I have to basically sit inside the courthouse for like four or five hours, just like waiting for him to leave. And his sister, and his brother-in-law are aware that I'm there. I've made it clear that I'm there. I'm letting them know, like, just FYI, I'm here. I'm not trying to be weird, but I'm going to have to talk to somebody. Whoever goes outside first, I'm going to have to talk to you. And while I'm sitting there, Aaron walks out of the courtroom, and he is just he is fuming. I mean, something just happened inside. We weren't allowed. I wasn't allowed in the courtroom. Um, and he is fuming and him and his sister and his brother-in-law, not Nick Carter, but his brother-in-law start having this like just all out blowout argument right there. And I'm just I'm just sitting on the courtroom uh, chair right outside the courtroom. And I mean, he's saying things like we're like, I'm never going to speak to you again. We're we're done. I don't want to ever. I, I wish I never called you family. It was all the just the worst things you can say. And, you know, his brother and I'll never forget because they were like staring at me like, are you getting this sort of deal? And I and it was the right after that, Aaron Carter realizes that I'm there. He he kind of figured it out. And I'm like, I'm not recording. You're not allowed to record in a courthouse. So this is just like my own personal experience that I'm having to like just sit there and deal with while I wait for him to go outside so I can try to get him to talk to me. And as I'm going with him outside Aaron Carter basically turns to me and says, I'm going to say one thing to you. Uh, you know, that, and I'm like saying, on one camera. Thing, you got to leave me alone. 
And I, I'm like, okay, okay, no problem. That's fine. And yeah, on camera. And we walk out of the courthouse and I get my camera ready. And then he just, he, he in the middle of like yell, still yelling at his sister, like all the way down inside the courthouse, I believe the security started asking him to leave. I don't want to be mistaken on that, but he walks out and I, and I get the camera up and he just looks at me and goes, no, not today. And then runs away. What? <laughs> yeah. He was telling me that he was going to talk to me, but he just, and that they used the footage. We actually used the footage of him telling me, no, not today. And all that, because it was him leaving court. Like, he had lost in court. So that was the story that it was, it was like a bad day for him, but it was, that was one of the more. Wait, okay. It, here's it was just your, a sad, it was a sad story to cover. That was one of the sadder stories. Adam, I listen, I struggle every year when it comes to father's day. I never know what the hell to get my dad. He's got everything, but this year I'm getting him an Omaha steak subscription because you know what? Dads just want steaks. It's that simple. They just want steaks. It's true. <laughs> fa- it's right. And with Father's Day around the corner, there isn't a better gift than Omaha Steaks. All you got to do is head on over to omahasteaks.com, type in Hollywood Raw into the search bar, and order the Dads Want Steaks package. For just $99, this limited time package includes 16 mouth-watering entrees he's guaranteed to love, like smoky, tender, bacon-wrapped filet mignons, gourmet jumbo franks and their air chilled boneless chicken breasts and for a sweet finish delicious caramel apple tartlets oh those things are so good so good they are so delicious so good i'm getting hungry just think about them like you think their their chicken and beef is good wait until you try the tartlets (laughs) yeah no you're you're it's true they are incredible and we got a special gift for our listeners. When you type in Hollywood Raw into the search bar and order the Dad's Want Steaks package, you will also receive eight free Omaha Steak burgers. These burgers are full of bold, beefy flavor made from 100% Omaha Steaks, and they're bigger than ever. They're now a whopping six ounces. Don't wait. Send Dad more than just a gift. Send them an experience he'll love and share with you. Go to omahasteaks.com. That's omahasteaks.com. Type Hollywood Raw into the search bar and order their Dad's Want Steaks package. You'll get 16 entrees and four desserts plus eight free Omaha Steaks burgers. The key, though, get him to share it with you, like you said. That <laughs> is the key. You buy it, but then you also get to enjoy it. You'll yes. thank us later. So that's it. That's omahasteaks.com. Keyword Hollywood Raw. You're welcome, and your dad can send us a thank you, too. What's your view either. on Aaron Carter? Because we had a really interesting episode with Aaron Carter where, like, I walked away feeling bad for him, feeling like he gave us, like, the most honest answers. And, like, and then the feedback came from people that, oh, he's just a liar and bullshitter and all this kind of stuff. What's your view on him? Because I cannot figure this guy out. I mean child star that's my view on him i guess it's like you're i think that those types of celebrities are bred a different way when they get older i mean i think everybody's view changed on him when he put the tattoo on his face i think that that changed everybody's view on him but i don't my view on him is i think he is a very misunderstood guy a very troubled guy and i think that early fame is has lingering effects on anybody and it affects people differently. Like some people like DiCaprio, they handle their fame or at an early age really well. People like Aaron Carter, they don't. I think it's like a, it's a classic story. And, um, what I can't figure out is like, it seems like he, uh, or his Instagrams, doesn't he like, did, it seems like he, I, I think he like privated his Instagram once and then like he unlocked it and he was engaged or something. It was, it was really bizarre, but he like, our our whole conversation with him was very bizarre, but yeah. fascinating so, at the same time. I also so liked him. I believed the him. Yeah, he came on our podcast. Oh, no and, kidding. Yeah, and we thought like honestly, I thought he was like a really nice guy. Like I felt for him, but then I'm like, oh, did I just get fooled? Because he seemed pretty sane, and he, you know, and I don't, I still don't know. Like I I don't know which side to believe. However, face tattoos were pretty intense, and. I don't know. It's I'm still confused by that interview because I want to believe him. You want to you want to root for the best for him. However, I don't know if he's going the right path or he's on the right route. Yeah, I mean, I can't make a medical diagnosis on him or anything, but just based on what I saw, 
go listen to the episode we had him on. Yeah. Uh, again, just like Adam said, like, I felt for the guy. I was like, oh, man, like, this is a rough childhood, rough life. Like, basically pitting two brothers against each other. And then right. one brother got more famous, which was technically Aaron first. And then, you know, and then his brother and our, our was it the other it way was, around, but Aaron had more success on his own, which apparently pissed off um, his brother Nick. I, I don't know. Again, this is all coming like the from OG, Aaron, so I don't yeah, know. He was like the OG Bieber, though, kind of like yeah. before Bieber. It was Aaron Carter. He just didn't have the longevity uh, of like maybe he was like maybe he came around like five years too early or something. Because it just seems like it, it fizzled out for him in a way it didn't for Bieber. But yeah, maybe his song "I Want Candy" candy really meant "I want cocaine." Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> I want cocaine. Well, when did he, he wrote it when he was like twelve. Yeah. Well, it was a cover. Yeah. Yeah, it was a cover. He was. He knew what he was going to do. What was the most embarrassing incident you ever had while during working the courts? Have you ever like, you know, what like the one moment you wish you could get back? Yeah, I mean, there's there's a few. I'm sure you know, Adam. You're, you're you 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 mince your words, or you bite your tongue in an interview, and you say embarrassing things. But in terms of being absolutely embarrassed, um, probably another court case where I was with uh, I was on an assignment for Damon for Dame Dash. Is that mm-hmm. is it Dame Dash? Dame Dash. And um, <clears throat> Jay Z's former business partner, right? Was, yeah, Dane Dash. Yeah, Dane, so yeah. so I was at the uh, Stanley Mosque courthouse, and he was there uh, at a tip that he was there for some sort of like a financial issue. Like, I don't know if it was bankruptcy or it was um, he owed money in some child, not child support, but he owed money to somebody that he didn't have, something along those lines. And I knew who he was, but this is an issue you run into where Sometimes you see pictures of people and it's not the same when you're in person with them <laughs> where you see them and you see them in person. And uh, when you look at them in pictures and they have a very distinct face, like, oh, that, that's a famous person face. But then you see them in person and they're a different height than you were expecting them to be, to be. And then because they're a different height that you're expecting them to be, their face is completely different than what the picture looks like to you. So I see this guy coming out of the courtroom that I knew that this case was happening in. And I'm, I think it's Dame Dash, but I'm not totally sure that it's Dame Dash. And he's with some girl and there was literally nobody else there. So I just assumed it had to be him. And so I had to go with him because this is another example of not, not being allowed to film in the courtroom. So I had to wait until I could get the interview afterwards. And I assumed we were just going to go out the front door. But what I didn't realize was is that he actually parked uh, like four floors down on the other side of the building. So I have to get into the elevator with this guy that I'm not even sure is actually Dame Dash. Like, I'm, I'm not even convinced. So I'm, I get in the elevator with him just like, hey, what's up? This is a lesson learned. I probably should have just asked him because he turned out to be very nice. But I, and so I pull my phone out and I'm just Googling. I have I have Dame Dash's Google images pulled up on my phone and I'm looking down at it. I'm looking up, looking down, looking up and I look up and then I just I didn't realize that like while I looked up, I had tilted my phone a little bit and I look up and he's looking straight down at my phone with pictures <laughs> of him all over all over the screen. And uh, I don't remember exactly what he said, but it was something along the lines of. You know, like, are you are you looking at pictures of me right now? And I'm like, <laughs> and I said, you know, I'm actually really happy you said that because I wasn't actually sure it was you. Because <laughs> I'm, I was like, I'm really sorry. I'm with, I'm I'm here with TMZ. I have I I am I'm covering you for a story. I wasn't sure if it was you. This is a really embarrassing moment. He was actually very cool about it, but he was giving me a pretty hard time on the walkout. Like, you're not you're not very good at your job if you didn't know it was me. But that's also pretty grandiose of him where he just thinks everybody everybody knows what he looks like so that's so funny it was embarrassing and then i go outside and i have to ask him about financial problems which is not fun and he was super nice just like gave me what i needed without saying you know anything which is always good because you feel like they don't they don't ruin their own day you don't ruin their day but they still give you something that's usable and uh you know he just answered the questions without saying he was in financial trouble 
So it made me feel good. I felt I felt really bad. It was embarrassing, but it, it, it went well. Oh, yeah. That's a great story. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've never, I've never been I'm caught to think, by a yeah. celeb googling them. So I don't think I. I've never been caught Google, googling a celebrity. However, um, I've never been the person. I feel like a lot of people that do our job, Jesse, they have their camera in one hand and their phone in the other. So they're they're reading off their phone. I always felt so awkward doing that. I think most people do that, and it's not. I don't know. I, I think that's always a weird thing to do. Like when the celebrity's looking at you and you're just reading questions off your phone, yeah. it's like, no, just have a conversation with them. I, I don't know. It's, but well, I, I, I've th- yeah. It, it's, it's weird when people do that for just any random celebrity where you can just have a conversation and the clip's probably going to work. You can just ask like a general topic and that's fine. But, um, I would only do that if it was like a big enough story where it was like there are there's a lot riding on the clip where the getting a soundbite or not getting the right soundbite is the difference between a a story going viral or just being another another flop. And so I only did that if I actually absolutely needed a question that I couldn't forget, because if you get if you have like five questions, you need to ask somebody. Sometimes you just have to. But if it's like if I'm just talking like to Dame Dash or something, I know this is the topic I have to ask about. You have that one question and then you can flow from there. It's not yeah. a uh, it's not a mandate. Yeah, to, I guess maybe I've, I've yeah. had to like there's been times where I was being told to ask the question just like this. Because they knew the person wasn't going to speak. However, that was a story that the person wasn't speaking when they're asked a very basic question, a very direct question. So I was told to kind of say it very precisely. Oh, yeah. Well, that, that makes sense, though, because uh, not speaking on a certain question is a news story. That makes sense. Right. Yeah. That- and also sometimes probably for like uh, if it's going to go up on the web on a website or on a television show, um, even if they're not talking, you just want the question to be there because then itself that's that's like that's the soundbite that they're going to use for um, for when it's posted. They're going to so it's sometimes just ask it the way you want. So that makes sense, but mm-hmm. I, I know what you mean. Sometimes you're just you have to ask it in a certain way or it's not going to be it's you're you're not going to be in good in good shape so, so jesse when we you know when you're outside court you know as we saw at the johnny depp case there's maniacs outside this court case i'm sorry if you're a johnny depp fan standing outside I, I would almost say the britney stuff ha, has had even more crazy people outside yeah there's maniacs out there have you yeah. by any chance ever had your equipment stolen just by standing out there like someone robbed you no, I have a great story though. Okay, uh, so uh, Dax, you probably remember him, Simon Cardoza. Yes. Okay, so one day he was at court. I don't know who he was filming. He was filming a lawyer, and uh, he's an old TMZ camera guy. He's filming a lawyer, and so I never had my gear stolen on the job, but he was in the middle of filming. I don't know if you can find this clip. If you could, I might have. I might have it somewhere. It's incredible. <laughs> he's filming a lawyer talking about something and this this video is going to go nowhere it's just boring legal mumbo jumbo like to get he's representing a celebrity who didn't show up for the hearing you know that sort of thing and in the middle of shooting it you see this kid in the background and he's sort of like uh he's like a 17 year old kid it's downtown la and he's sort of like swirling in the background of the shot like this and you see him kind of like eyeing the camera (laughs) and about 15 seconds later, the camera just the sh- camera shot just shakes, and then all the, and then the camera is zooming across the street because the kid had just stolen Simon's <laughs> camera in the middle of a shot, and so Simon and um, this uh, like a PA that was there was was there on the scene ended up flagging him down in like a parking lot like three blocks away, and but the guy it was recording the whole time, so <laughs> so the whole time the footage is recording. And uh, so, and it's just a, sh- a shaky shot of like running through the streets of LA. It's incredible. It was in- it was an amazing shot. Um, Did TMZ post that footage? Yeah, it was on the TV show. Um, okay. You think I would remember something like that? I don't remember that at all. But it sounds like something uh, you know we would definitely yeah. have posted. 
it's a lawyer that I wouldn't I wouldn't even know who it was. It was, it was 2008, I want to say 2009 around there. So it was a long time, 13 years ago, but incredible, incredible footage. I, I'm gonna have to go Google that one. Yeah, refresh my memory on that story. But um, yeah, never had never on the job have have I had anything stolen from me. I don't know about you, Adam, but I haven't. No, I never did. How was Gloria Allred to you? You know, I actually have a good relationship with her daughter Lisa. Mm-hmm. Um, who made news today, actually, she's getting some criticism for statements made about the, the herd depth case, but, um, Gloria was always good. I filmed her at an airport once and uh, at the airport. And she was, I, I think I was asking about Lindsay Lohan for some, for some reason she was in the news. Oh, I asked her if she would ever represent Lindsay Lohan, because she was having so much legal trouble and she was she like three DUIs or whatever it was. And Gloria says, I will never represent Lindsay Lohan. I will never represent her. And then so I'm like, okay, thank you, Gloria. That was great. That's all I needed from you. And I turn the camera off. And then she tells me, turn the camera back on. And she like does her like hair for a second. And then she just tells me all about this other case that she's working on that team that we would never use. No one would care about. Yeah. But that's who she was. She was like, if if you if there's a camera there, she will and and let's, Super let's be pro. realistic. Uh, let's be completely honest here. We all know that if Lindsay Lohan needed a lawyer, Gloria Allred would be the first person in line with her hand up saying this. Cameras will follow Lindsay Lohan. I will be there as well. <laughs> let's be realistic. Yeah. No, no question about it. I mean, she was Gloria Allred was uh, she loved to represent celebrity clients. She loved it. Um. But she always she still always found a way to make herself the celebrity, though. So it was kind of irrelevant, like who she was representing. Didn't she have that famous moment with like the baseball bat um, press conference where she shows the baseball bat? Yeah. 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 (laughs) That was one of my favorite. That's my favorite Gloria Allred moment. Did you ever go to her office where she would do a press conference? Um. Yes, I did. I went to Lisa Bloom's uh, a lot in in um, in the Valley, but um, I probably only went to Gloria's two or three times. But I did I did go there a couple times. We once had an interview with Gloria Allred, but we literally couldn't get anything out of her. Like we went in circles and circles, and she is such a lawyer that she wouldn't answer any question we threw at her. <laughs> it was yeah. like right. We, I mean, we couldn't get her to say anything. It was like, what's your favorite case ever, ever, ever do? All of my cases are my favorite case. I'm like, oh, God, Lord, Gloria, come on. You've been a part of like right. the most famous cases of all times. O.J. Simpson, Tiger Woods. I mean, the list goes on and on, and she couldn't give us a single straight answer. No, she speaks in she's, – she's fluent in mental gymnastics. She'll find a way <laughs> to, to get – to get out of saying something um but she's so good at it she's so pro that you kind of just stand there in awe because it's it's so um it's so professional all right let's get into amber heard that's why people are here they want to hear all about uh you know your connection with morgan tremaine uh and in total honesty i did reach out to morgan to see if he wanted to come on the podcast uh, a couple times and he very politely declined um just kind of saying he wasn't into all the fanfare. I mean, listen, I've, I've known the guy for a very long time. So I thought maybe there was a chance he'd stop by and, and talk to us. Not not just not about the case because I didn't want him to get in trouble or, and even anything TMZ related. I didn't want that. I just wanted to see what it was like being a part of this total S show. You know what I'm saying? And having that much attention and everyone talking about you and becoming memes and then being like the number one thing on Twitter that's trending. So I just wanted to hear about the experience, but it sounds like he wants this stuff to like kind of die down and go away. And maybe he also doesn't want to make it feel like it's a 15 minutes of fame kind of thing, you know, because I think he's kind of like proving right. that lawyer correct. Um, but during his, his time on the stand, he talked about uh, a time when he was he basically instructed a, uh, a field reporter or a, a field producer and a guy with a camera, which was you, to be outside the courthouse for when Amber Heard exited, correct? Yes, that is, that is definitely correct. And it, it goes deeper than that. But um, 
he uh so you tell me from it your was, perspective what that day was like that you were called and said Amber Heard is going to be at the courthouse what went ha- what went down give me the whole rundown of the day so yeah i was sent to the courthouse and there was i think it was probably noon i think cuz i think i think she filed her tro in the early afternoon like when court opened up at like 1 p.m. But I had to get there at like noon. So I was waiting around for, you know, a few hours. And, you know, media starts showing up. I was one of the early ones there. And media starts showing up. And it's it goes, I, I assumed that nobody knew uh, that, that she was there. But then all of a sudden, um, you know, CNN and Fox News and, and NBC and all these organizations. And then, you know, all the, all the paparazzi agencies start showing up. So and literally it's everyone like, had gotten wind of it as for somehow or at some point. 40 people, like 40 to 50 news reporters. You could probably see it in the uh, in the video from that day. Maybe 30. Maybe I'm exaggerating, but around there, 30 to 40. <clears throat> um, and everybody knew to stand at a certain spot outside the door because it was it was clear that it was circulating, that there was a bruise on the right side of Amber's face. And. So in, in my video and I'm, I'm standing on the right side cause I don't want to be, I don't want to miss it. Um, but it was, it was chaos. All the, I, w- I was getting pushed around by media cause they were so adamant about getting the shot of the right side of her face. And, but everyone knew this. Every it's, it just generally seemed, I can't say yet one way or the other, whether everybody knew that she was going to have a bruise, but it was like everybody wanted to stay on the right side. And um, that's, and you know, she walked out, she walks out and the cameras are all sort of, after they're standing on the right, they start to circle around her a little bit and she stops and kind of starts like doing a 180 a little bit. It's just so everybody can, can see it. And I personally okay, stop, stop. didn't, do you think yeah. Amber knew everyone was outside the courthouse before she exited the courthouse? Yes, I, I, I think that she was aware. And um, second follow-up, could she have done another exit? There are four other ways to four either three or four other ways to get out of that courthouse. So because there's the grand entrance up on up on Grand Avenue. There's the Hill Street entrance. That's that's four four levels below that entrance, and then there are two entrances on each uh, side of the building, which are one is on First Street, and then one is in the inner courtyards of um, of the uh, the downtown courthouse that has it's like a big courtyard where there's food trucks and stuff. There's another exit there, and, is and there then also a Disney I was concert yeah, hall I was, tunnel exit. So I was getting to that. There's also an underground parking garage, which like people like Britney Spears use all the time. And um, people like, you know, even people like Trevor Bauer of the Dodgers used this exit. So it's this is available to you if you don't want to deal. If there's a ton of media outside, it is available to you. So um, if the police there at the courthouse don't want you are, are worried that you are not comfortable with all the media, they will give you the option to have a friend drive down to this underground parking garage across the street where they can uh sort of escort you through an underground walkway that will that will lead you there so so she chose but she elected not where all the paths i can't say one way or the the other news agencies the reporters the producers she chose that exit i can't say one way or the other that she chose it but i'm i i mean i'd be very surprised if it wasn't it, it discussed as an option for them and her people, her camp to you choose another exit because it just so happened to be the exit with all the reporters. Yeah. You know, so it's like there's four exits and there's one that has all the reporters. There's a couple that are down on like their, their exits generally like people have backup where you have an extra photographer or an extra camera guy down on the other entrance or one of the other entrances just in case. But, um, Generally, the media will all congregate up on Grand as the uh, as the primary exit and entrance, and that's where she walked out that day. And um, I, it it felt to me that she wanted to be on camera. That's what it felt like. 
Did it feel like and to you that she was trying to hide her face or show her face? Um, well, show her face, and that's revealed, I think, in... And I don't actually make a judgment call on this. I've had some really in-depth conversations with my wife about this where she's had to kind of change my mind a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I um, I don't know if it re- – it doesn't matter to me whether she wants to show her face or not. That's that's sort of irrelevant to me in terms of like what the allegations mean. But in terms of that day and that moment, she claimed that she always wore makeup. And that day she didn't. So I it, it felt like – it felt like it was. Um, it, it felt like she wanted it to be seen. That, that's yeah. what I can say. It no, felt like it. I, I'm, I'm looking back at the photos right now, and I forgot what a pretty hearty bruise it was on her cheekbone, and her hair yeah. is pulled back, like the hair that could normally fall and cover her cheekbones, or even if she wore sunglasses, would cover. And she's got her hair pulled, tucked behind her ears, no sunglasses, walking out. So, I mean clearly wanted that to be seen yeah and sorry really quick it was fine it wasn't an issue for me that she wanted it to be seen i'll just yeah. put it that way but you know other people have made their opinions about it it's to me it was just oh this is a news story that's all the that's all that it was to me at the time so were you told what to ask because you like no did you i know i actually i actually had my uh, uh, kind of free reign there. It was literally just like, if there is a bruise, film it. That's really all that mattered. Hmm. Um, because any sound, but I, I think it's with a story like that, you just expect that the celebrity is instructed not to say anything, especially when they're filing a restraining order. They're not, they're not going to say anything. So, but the, everything that needs to be said is said by her walking out with a bruise on her face. But I did have my own questions. That's, you know, just in case. So I, I was prepared, but I also didn't, I didn't do the best job because I was getting banged around a little bit by all these camera guys. Um, but no, I did not have uh, prescribed questions for that. No, I mean, just, just an image alone is the most damning evidence you can have i mean after you know i think back to just chris brown and rihanna and just that image that you see of her face so bruised and battered i mean that that's what you get when you look at this photo you know what i'm saying like that's all you needed and it's it's interesting how all of this has played out to the the point where she left court owing him 10 million dollars but I do I wonder, like, where did that bruise come from then? Like, and I know the cops that showed up the night that all this went down said they didn't see anything on her face at that time. So, so where did the bruise come from? That's all. I'm, I'm just right. curious. And and it's so hard because obviously abuse is not like a, a joking topic by any means. But I, where did it come from? Yeah. And I, I mean, I got to say without... Johnny Depp fans coming after me for saying this because they will. It's like it's gotten so toxic that if you say one thing, you're like you're going to get a a whole bunch of people on the Internet coming after you, uh, like with like what they perceive to be their own facts. I didn't get the sense from looking at it that it was done with makeup. But I'm also not I'm not a professional makeup artist. I don't know. How do you how do you apply a bruise? It looked like a real bruise to me. Just being right there, standing four feet from her and looking at it. I mean, it looked well, like I, a real bruise. It was like it had the discoloration and everything like that. So it was. I can tell you, you makeup know. is insane. I, I I went to a fair yeah. once and it was like literally they just had like special effects makeup artists. And they gave me this black eye that looked so realistic. It had bruising. Right. It had little bits of blood. Like it was the craziest thing. And it looked I'm t- looked so real. I'm not saying that's what she did. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that's what sure. she did. I'm just saying, yes, like makeup can do amazing things. And I mean, that's why Hollywood is so successful. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't I don't doubt it. Um, it it's just it didn't even cross my mind at the time, you know, yeah. just because it was let's get the shot. It's like that's that was like a story. It didn't even cross my mind that it was like a, a faked incident. I wasn't, I didn't know who it was from. I was just, it wasn't like a, 
it wasn't something that I was going to draw conclusions about. It was just just get the shot, ask questions later. Get what the, get was the, the buzz like outside the courthouse when Amber walked out? She had the bruise on her face. Every camera is aimed at her. The second she got in the car and drove away, what was it like for you and everyone else that was out there? It's a race to be first. It's a race to be who's the first one that's going to send it in. And I'm like, I'm literally, I, I don't know if I had my live stream kit with me that day because that would be the fastest way I would get my footage in. I, I, I'm not, I don't remember, but I might have had it. That might have been one of those situations where as soon as you film, you are submitting it via a live stream, a live link directly into the system. But everybody just immediately ran to their computers and it was like, it, it, it the buzz there is people aren't talking. Nobody's talking to each other. They're just all running away from each other and trying to send the footage in, send the pictures in. What, what about the moment she walks out and this elusive bruise that you guys have heard about is actually on her face? Is there a gasp? Is there just screaming starts up when she comes out? Like what happens then? You know, I can't, I don't remember exactly if I remember if it was anything like that. I just remember it was loud, everybody trying to get a question out. And, and so generally, like in a situation like that, media will allow other media members to get their questions out, right? Because mm -hmm. if they assume that they might get something from it. But in a situation like that, where everybody recognizes like what a big moment it is, everybody's like, I'm not going to wait for you to ask your questions. So we're all firing questions at the same time. Yeah. So it's just a bunch of like morons yelling, yelling things at a certain point. It doesn't, it, it's, it's alleged, it's uh, incomprehensible. Mm -hmm. So it was that, that's probably the best way to describe it is it wasn't a gasp. It was just, oh, this is a thing. We're going to, we all have to ask questions now because this is so big. Did you so. so besides shooting that day at that courthouse, did you you went to the lawyer's office and shot her there? That wasn't me. That was another camera guy. Okay. Okay. But I, I had to cover um when when um there was a report that Depp's Johnny Depp's stuff had been thrown out of their Eastern Columbia penthouse that um I was sent to um essentially like just browse the scene to see if it was true that like his cell phone was on the ground, that some of their items were on the ground, which it was, it was talked about in the court case that um, like Johnny Depp's cell phone had been thrown out and it was found like on Skid Row, three blocks away, supposedly. Um, so there was like a report that his stuff had been thrown out onto the street by Amber Heard. And I was sent there. I think it was like either it was, I think it was like four 30 in the morning. And I was sent there. And um, that is not a safe I, place at four 30 in the morning. So Adam, uh, I did a lot of that stuff. Adam, I don't know. Do you know where this Eastern building is in I, downtown L.A.? I, I know Skid Row, but I don't know. It's, it's legit right next to Skid yeah. Row. Skid this, Row is in, it's one of those things where it is it is yeah, jarring. When you I don't know. Row. It's like Mad Max. It's wild. It's yeah, wild. It, it's heartbreaking. It is it's like the saddest crazy. place and, you can be in L.A. It's just tents and tents and boxes and people wandering around and it's it literally breaks your heart being there but like literally two blocks over is this eastern building it's this big green building in downtown los angeles where johnny had his penthouse and i had a friend that lived in there so i've been in there but like no joke you're stepping over like numerous homeless people to get into this building so like when you think of him having a penthouse in beautiful downtown la it's not that. It's, it's not. It's in a really weird location for Johnny Depp to be living. And I remember specifically when I was there thinking I was at the wrong building mm -hmm. just because it was it, it didn't I didn't. There's no way this is where I'm supposed to be. But it's like it's the right address. It's everything's right. But it's so um, it's not where you'd expect one of the great a-list stars of a generation to be living no but it's, but all those Dax is right were beautiful inside it's just the second you stepped outside you were transported into another world because it's not beverly hills it's not malibu it's, right it is literally skid row yeah it was bizarre i i, I remember that just thinking that i was at the wrong place because it you're right it was um 
I'm pretty sure I was standing there trying to take photos because there were security guards driving around like Johnny and Amber's security detail was was looping around the property. I'm guessing they were looking for the phone is is my guess. And because I couldn't see anything, I was too late. I I didn't get anything on camera. I just got like um, B-roll on my phone. And um, I remember them driving around and, yeah, like some homeless people walking around and just... I'm like, okay, I, I assume I'm at the right place because that looks like a celebrity car, but it's not. It doesn't feel like a celebrity home. It mm-hmm. was it was very strange. No. Uh, Jess, you're now doing YouTube yourself. You know, obviously you did a video kind of talking about your experience working because Morgan was – you know, he was your, he was he was a dispatcher essentially, and you were the actual guy doing the groundwork. But you did this YouTube video that took off, that went viral. And now you got this YouTube channel. What is the YouTube channel? Uh, it's called the Front Row. The front uh, Row. So, yeah, with my last name R O W E. Um, yeah, it, it's it's been crazy because it's something I always wanted to do. I didn't tell you guys about it last time because at the time that I talked to you guys, I had like 17 followers. I had just started it. It wasn't anything. I didn't even know what it was yet. And I uh, genu- genuinely didn't think anything was going to go anywhere. And then and, it blew up. And then I watched the testimony uh, from Morgan and he talked about – I wouldn't have I wouldn't have done it had he not talked about the day with the bruise with Amber at the courthouse because that was my only firsthand experience with what had happened um, about things that they were talking about and I made I decided you know this Johnny Depp stuff is it, I don't know if you guys realize this how it much of a goldmine it has been for digital creators and 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 streamers and YouTubers who literally like have built massive platforms just from the past month and a half of this case. Oh yeah. And it was, I just, it was literally like two days left and I didn't plan on dipping my toes into it. I had no interest really. I didn't want to build a channel off of something like this. It wasn't something that interested me. Um, But then when that happened, it interested me because I felt like I had a unique angle that people would be interested in just because they hadn't heard any like exp- firsthand experience with Amber that day that's been referenced so many times in this case. So uh, I made the video and I told my story and just kind of, you know, I poked a little bit of fun here and there and I just kind of gave the best account I could without confirming or denying anything that was said because I, I wasn't in the office. I have no idea. I, I don't know. Um, that could, that they could have come from the info could have come from anyone. Right. I, all I knew was get the shot of the bruise and I posted the video. Well, actually no, what happened was it sat on my computer for two days because I was so unsure if I wanted to post it. Mm. And I just sat, it just sat there. I filmed it the night of his testimony and it just sat there on my computer. And then three nights ago, I just decided, screw it. Um, this is, it's public interest. It's going to be, it's going to, people will probably like it. I'm like, I'll get like maybe 5,000 views. (laughs) <laughs> that was my that was my thinking. It, I didn't think anything of it. I had 22 followers, subscribers when I posted it. And a day later, all of a sudden I wake up and it's got like 10,000 views and I have like 100 new subscribers and I'm like, "Okay, what the hell is going on? I wasn't I wasn't expecting this." And I'm getting text messages from a few of my friends who follow me saying that they're seeing my video in like Johnny Depp and Amber Heard Reddit forums. Oh wow. You know, like people are sharing it. And that's I've never that's never happened to me before. I've seen my videos on national television. Right. I've seen my interviews and my my clips. So I'm used to that. But I'm not used to my face being on something that's like being talked about and and things like that. And here we are two days later. I wake up this morning and it has over 100,000 views and I'm up to like 520 subs and I've gotten 400 today alone and 70,000 more views and I'm about to cross 200 and probably at like it's it, I've literally been gaining a subscriber every 2 minutes and mm-hmm. it's just been an absolute roller coaster it's been insane I I couldn't believe it as it was happening but um I say in the video I kind of always knew this was going to come back just because that day was so crazy mm-hmm. so I'm happy I got a chance to sort of share my my side of it because I knew that it would uh, 
I knew that somebody would be interested in it. I didn't know that this many people would be interested in it. <laughs> that's amazing. I, I'm no, I'm so. congrats, dude. That's huge. I do want to ask you. So Morgan Tremaine said on the stand during the Johnny Depp court hearing, he said that he said B-list celebs will tip off camera people. Has it ever been A-list celebs tipping off camera people that you would know of? Yes, it's but it's probably one you would expect, which is like Kim Kardashian or um, like Paris. Paris Hilton's not an A-lister, but she's more B-lister for sure. But Kim Kardashian, don't let anybody tell you that the when the Kardashians turn away from photographers that they didn't want them to be there. It's <laughs> almost it's. It's the only time that they didn't want them to be there is if Kim is like in like unflattering gym attire or something or like that's those are the only times. But if they are dressed up and cameras are there and they're not talking or they're like trying to ignore it, I mean, it doesn't matter. They probably they probably had something to do with photographers being there. And there, there is a reason that they are the most successful family on the planet yeah. is because they know how to work the cameras. They know how to work their connections with agencies and websites and everything and that is why they are so damn successful yep i love it i mean i i don't have that kind of shame that they you know they they're, they're i'm not that kind of shameless that they are I mean, and that's that's a compliment is what i'm saying they are not <laughs> they they put themselves out there and they know how to monetize it and work it and good for them i mean i i wish my last name was kardashian dax when I started, <laughs> when I, yeah, it has a ring to it. It has a ring to it. When I started with TMZ like 10, 12 years ago, I mean, they were just, Kim was just the girl in the sex tape. Yeah. And here we are now. And it's like, she's freeing people from prison. So like, she's come a long way, you know, more, really more awesome. power to him. Pretty impressive. Awesome. Jesse, thank you, buddy. I appreciate it, guys. Make sure you yeah, check out his you. YouTube page. It's uh, He's going to be doing a lot more content up there. It's just really well edited and it's uh, well-spoken. And uh, Jesse's a good dude. I can't wait to have him on next. Tell some more of his uh, his camera stories uh, as him being a Adventures journalist. Adventures in the wild, as we say. Adventures yeah. out in the field. I, I plan on sharing some on my channel, uh, but not ones that I've shared here. I'll keep these exclusively for you guys. But um, but I do think that they're interesting. So I think that's why what you guys do is so cool, because I think that people are interested in stuff like that. So, um, yeah, Absolutely. thank you guys for having me. Please, if you if you want to subscribe while it's viral, the front row, it's it's R.O.W.E. It, sh like it should be fun. Name. Yes. And yep. by the yes, way, sir. and if if this is your first introduction to Jesse, go back and also listen to our first interview with Jesse. A lot of great stuff um, at that point. And I mean, damn, dude, you just keep coming with the heat every time you're coming on here. I love it. So if you got any, I other, do. You know, we have any other last time I was with you guys, I was a talk about. Let us know. Yeah. For sure. Last time I was with you as a private investigator and now I'm a YouTuber. I'm just all over the place. <laughs> so, Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you, Jesse. Yep. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you for Jess, having thank me you, on. Jess, thank you, buddy. Dude, I, I so love fun Jess. to have Je Jesse on. Like, yeah, Jesse's I'm, great. This guy is awesome, and he always comes with, like, just the best stories, such a good, like, perspective on things. I, I didn't think we'd have him back so fast, but what a perfect moment to have him back. I had no idea. Like, I don't remember him saying that he was the one that filmed Amber when we had him on the first time, or maybe it just went over my head because <laughs> the Amber and Johnny stuff hadn't started yet. So it was just kind of like, Oh, a random story that he mentioned. I, I don't remember it at all. Yeah. And I mean, he, Jesse was the court guy. He dealt with like, he was dealing with celebrities at their worst, mm -hmm. you know, and, and it sounds crazy because you know, when you're at court, it's usually nothing good. And, you know, from divorces to domestic abuse to DUIs, like Jesse was covering that stuff. Someone just finds out they're, go they're bankrupt. Like y celebrities don't want to see you at court. Yep. It's just an embarrassing thing. Unfortunately, they're a public figure, so there's going to be media there. And Jesse was the one taking the punches, sometimes literally, and because <laughs> he's gotten to some scuffles, but he's... Uh, 
he's been on the front lines of some of the biggest news stories in the world. So uh, make sure you check out Jesse's YouTube. The um, front row, R-O-W-E, like his last name. Yeah. So thank you, Jesse. If you like this podcast, go to iTunes. Put in Hollywood Raw. Go to the bottom. You can leave a review. Put five stars. Say a few kind words. If you do that, we'll actually read your review live on air. It's the best thing you do to support this podcast. Don't forget to subscribe while you're there and doing it. Yeah, man. We're on Facebook. We're on TikTok. We're on Instagram. Twitter, we're on it all. We got a private Facebook group you can find on our our Facebook page where you can ask us questions. Off off the the record. record. And you'll find. So you go find Hollywood Raw on Facebook. Um, and then look for the private Facebook page. We obviously have to let you in. We ain't just letting all the riffraff in. That's why it's private. And then, uh, yeah, you've got direct access to us. You can ask us questions. You guys can talk to each other. I see a lot of banter going on now about episodes that people really liked, and they're pointing other people back to them. We're, we're giving up exclusive information that we don't give out here on the podcast. So it's a, it's a fun little group if you truly enjoy listening to the podcast. Uh, it's kind of a secondhand experience. And no, we don't charge for it. It's free. Yes. Uh, you can find me at, at Adam Glenn, G-L-Y-N. You can find Dax Holt at D-A-X-H-O-L-T. That's Dax Holt. We'll see you guys next time. Adios. Ciao for now. Popeye. <laughs> <laughs> A Huda Media Production.